Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Power of Playlist. You will notice that we are slightly lacking in a, a member who reliably informed me by tweet that the train is to blame this morning, and he'll be here in five minutes, and please could we start without him. So we'll kind of have a girly session to begin with, and then when Kieran comes in, we'll bombard him with all the questions that he's missed. I think we should boo him as he comes in. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> poor Kieran. So thank you very much for turning up at 10 o'clock on Saturday, um, feeling perhaps as we do. <laughs> uh, my name is Charlotte Bond, I'm the moderator this morning. Uh, I'm a writer, a ghostwriter, uh, editor, reviewer, podcaster, rainbow leader, all sorts. Um, and I will let my colleagues introduce themselves as well. Hi, I'm Lucy Hounsom. I write epic fantasy. Um, my first book was called Starborn and Heartland is now published uh well about three weeks time but you'll see it floating around the corn i'm sure uh and i'm probably going to embarrass myself dreadfully by sharing my awful playlists with you today uh hi i'm megan lee and i am the editor and writer at popverse which is a pop culture blog and uh co-host of breaking glass slippers so the three of us do uh breaking glass Slippers together and it's a feminist podcast so women in science fiction fantasy and horror and we're awesome so check us out Available on iTunes and everywhere else, so <laughs> it's my little bit for us. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, just starting off, I mean, the first question I have to put to you is: Do you do you use playlists or do you use albums? Because for me, I'm a big album fan. I really like um, Battlestar Galactica and stuff like that. And playlists are usually for when I'm pottering about or in the car. Uh, what about you, uh, Megan? Let's start with you. Me, I love playlists. Uh, I um, even when I was sort of younger and when you had to you know press play on the, the tape when it came on the radio or even I was doing a bit of like making compilations for friends and things you know play the CD and line it up and hit play and stop before the track went to the next one uh, yeah I, I was very skilled at that so now things like Spotify are awesome and YouTube etc to make playlists uh, and I make tons of them so if I uh, I think recently I've been writing something that's very kind of like uh, Louisiana kind of vibe, and so I've sort of put together my own um, suburban gothic, like uh, southern gothic, sorry, um, playlist with lots of you know that kind of swampy sound, but you know, like rock music and that kind of thing. So I get myself really into whatever I'm trying to, to capture when I'm writing, um, and I also do uh, so I, I play Vampire the Masquerade. Is it? So it's a, it's a fun role-playing game, and so for when all of us get together, I've actually curated a massive playlist that kind of gets us right in the mood, and, and I have a lot of fun with that. And yes, I did that while I was meant to be doing my day job in the office, but shh, fine. Um, <laughs> so I think playlists are awesome at getting you into like the right mindset, because you if, if you feel you're kind of in that world, it helps you create more in it. It just keeps you in that zone rather than being taken out of it. Oh, I'm just sitting in my home in the middle of the box boring. Um, so yeah, I think playlists are fantastic. Actually, you remind me, I did use a playlist for my last writing project, which was um, romantic suspense ghostwriting set in modern-day America, which is completely out of my normal comfort zone of secondary fantasy worlds or horror. And I was like, oh my god, how am I going to start this? And they start in a bar, and I was like, well, I'll just pick one of my playlists. And after that, I couldn't listen to anything else, no albums or anything. It had to be that playlist all the way through. So I, when I sat down, I was back in that bar with them at the beginning and then could chart their travels. What about you, Lucy? Playlists all the way, baby. I, <laughs> I'm i not an album girl uh, because 
I have very I find there are very few albums that have a that have any kind of cohesion to them so um, I do tend to work I know we're going to be talking about this later um, about characters so most of my playlists and the songs on them revolve around character so I tend to um, I do have a, a playlist called Starborn and mostly it's been comprised from songs which which remind me of certain characters and to do that I've really had to be quite eclectic and kind of pick from not just you know several albums but also several different genres as well um, so uh, yeah I the, the only album that I've, I can kind of really think of that has that sense of cohesion probably is Leonard Cohen's like Swan Song album that just came out. Um, you want it darker, but uh, again, it's not like you know I can't base my entire book on this one album. But I do think it's got a really great. There's a lot of songs on there which I think have a kind of central theme running through them. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm pretty eclectic when it comes to um, you know which songs I include for my playlists. So do you have specific playlists, like you've got my Starborn playlist of all the stuff I've listened to? Oh, you're nodding, I don't. <laughs> I like, yep. For whatever is on. Uh, but then I also have one that my daughter plays in the car full of um, Disney songs. So uh, can you can you see your playlist on Spotify? Could people go out there and find the Starborn uh, um, it was that at some point um, I did a couple of years ago when Starborn first came out I actually wrote a fantasy faction article um, about my playlist uh, which is still up there and I think it did have I did include a link to the playlist that I made I'm not sure it's still there I've not visited it for some time because I generally just listen to it on iTunes because I own all the songs anyway <laughs> so um, yeah I'm, I'm, I think it is up there but it was a, an article about basically how you know each song pertained to each character and then a couple of songs which were kind of overall you know they kind of got the world they brought the world to life so do you have playlists for the next two books as well I don't have one for Firestorm. I have some characters, uh, some character songs. Uh, I, I had one for Heartland, but it's not called Heartland. It's, it's, again, just a random collection of songs that has no name. So Starborn was the only one that really had a kind of cohesive, you know, it, it earned a name. <laughs> or it was long enough that it earned a name. Um, I have a very clear and specific question here because... Ah! Already gone past, maybe not. Oh, oh, so close. The perfect timing. I know. I'm so sorry. I just say have a very clear and specific question because when I wrote you, it's like, oh yeah, stuff about comics, and I was like, oh brilliant, I will put it in here. So it, it might not be quite as cohesive. Um, but I mean, I don't know about you guys. Do you? Is that? Is that well, that's is what that, I thought. Is that himself? Are you Kieran Gillen? Yeah, yeah. Hey! 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 Well, I brought you some water. That's the best I can do. That's like the perfect cafe. Well, we we have already, <laughs> we have already introduced ourselves. So, for the benefit of people who don't know you, would you care to do the same? Uh, I'm going on. I mainly write comics and listen to playlists whilst doing so. Ah, okay. Well, then the first question, um, which were just everybody else's answers, and I'm afraid you have to catch up in the corner. Um, do you use playlists or do you use, use albums at all? Ooh, uh, occasionally hit an album, like really, 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 very rarely. Occasionally throw an album on, but primarily in terms of the big ritual, it's stick songwriting, so uh, story writing stuff. It's always playlists. It's oh. either normally playlists or nothing. So what's wrong with albums? Is it too samey? No, um, 
or not same enough? Because I often listen to just one song on repeat, uh, so it's not the sameness. It's the idea of like the, the aesthetic precision. It's rare that you get an album which is okay. This is the whole mood of the thing. Yeah. But there's exceptions. Like I stick on, I don't know, a Joy Division album or when we go to or something like that. But you know that that's an exception. Normally, I'm curating and being essentially a DJ for one. The idea of this playlist is here are things I've selected which very precisely name a very specific emotional thing I'm going to get at. So, what kind of playlist do you have and, and sort of for what occasions? Um, do you have, like, when you're having a big battle scene of, like, I've got my battle playlist or...? Oh, no, it depends. It's, like, quite often. I mean, the, the, probably the most, the biggest playlist I've ever done is uh, for the, my main book, We Can Divide, which is, like, 500 songs long. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> do you actually listen to all that? Well, like, I... start at the beginning and, and go through, or not stopping oh, no, until no, I'm finished? You... You listen on shuffle. <laughs> so it's, it's like... Yeah, I was going to say, because I was listening to it, and then, uh, like, about ten David Bowie songs in a row, and I was like, dude, come on. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's literally a White Snow playlist, as in the idea you listen on shuffle, and it's like a tarot deck. The idea, basically, each one of these songs connects to something in the book. Uh, and, it, and the fact that the book is planned over, like, five years, means the song's right at the beginning, which relates to the end, and stuff like that. The idea you basically shuffle it, and you shuffle it constantly, and you kind of put these aesthetic elements together, and they get you to think about them in different ways. And of course, like when you're doing a battle team or something like that, yeah, you skip. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you like you know this is not this is entirely the wrong song to be doing this tragic death scene to. Uh, so like you know, always press forward and see what the random gets you next. Do, do you shuffle, Lucy? Because I can't stand it. Uh, so um, I don't actually listen to music while I'm writing. Yeah, <laughs> ever, in fact, because it's, it's distracting, basically. I, I tried it, I've, I have tried, um, lyrics are a big no-go because they, they get in my head and chase out my own words. Uh, and I've tried instrumental, more kind of instrumental music, but unless you get very, very lucky and you find something that is, is a perfect fit, again, I feel like it, it kind of pulls me out of the world. But maybe that's because I write epic fantasy and very few songs are actually, you know, they have that kind of epic fantasy feel to them. They're, you know, you know, it, you know there's, there's too many songs with modern language in it and I find that quite um, jarring to, to have to listen to while writing. Do you not fancy, like, you know, there must be, there's the medieval babes out there and stuff like that? Is that not people well, with singing in Latin? Uh, again, Latin is, is a bit, you know, of this world. I mean, okay, so I, I listen to Lorena McKennett, who's a Canadian um, folk, she does brilliant folk tales to amazing music. She's a wonderful singer, um, and she has some really unusual instruments on her albums. Um, so occasionally, she's possibly the only one um, on my playlists that I could leave on in the background at a low volume and continue to write to um, just because she she fits the world yeah you know better than a lot of modern stuff what about planning if you're planning your your novel i know uh, at least i went for dinner last night and we we're having a long discussion about whether you plan out your novel so i when i do my novels i write on a piece of paper cut it out put it on the floor and i have like 30 pieces of paper and i move them all around and like oh do you know i've seen that's special there and megan and i were talking about writing from um if you're writing two people's point of view, you then go, actually, no, I've got a big lump from this person probably moving around. And I cannot have music on when I'm doing that at all because it's so distracting. But when it comes to actually writing it, I have to have something on to distract me from everything else. So do you, do you listen to music when you're planning or writing characters? I listen to music for inspiration at the planning stage, yeah. I do very little planning for my books. I'm the complete opposite of um, a architect, as using George R. R. Martin's metaphor. I'm a gardener through and through, so I tend to do very, very little planning. Um, 
but uh, the planning what planning there is is generally getting the sense of a character or a character's relationship with another character and possibly also the sense of kind of um, location and for that music is brilliant but it's it's a kind of ephemeral thing I mean I'm, I'm probably have it on in the background I might be making notes but sometimes I don't write anything down at all it's simply just listening to it and getting it it gets into your head and then you start thinking about it and I am so guilty for thinking about stuff in the car (laughs) when I'm driving I'm like hmm I would it be really really good to put that battle there or so and it's like shit you know (laughs) there's some traffic lights I really need to not be thinking about my work while I'm driving but it tends to do that that I, I have it on in the background and you know even if I'm not making notes it's still I'm still making progress in my head and that's what music is really good for because it it sparks ideas um especially Louina McKennett's music which is pretty much the first couple of first the the first tracks on one of her albums are hugely have been hugely influential on my writing what about you Megan do you well first of all do you plan your your novels and your work or do you just do so for those who maybe don't know the architect and the gardener um, from George R. R. Martin the idea is gardener do you just go back in go in there and start writing and see what grows or you're an architect you plan it all out you know and build your building blueprint yeah. <laughs> yeah what about you Megan the, uh, the other one is the Sanderson talks about the plotter versus the discovery writer that's yeah that's the way to do it um, a mix of both <laughs> best way to be um I am an absolute music nerd. I have music on non-stop. Um, basically, if I'm awake, I have music on. Um, <laughs> hell, I sleep to music sometimes. I Aren't you sharing a room with her? I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this weekend, though. Um, yeah, she I, snores. I, I do snore. I'm sorry. So the music helps drowns out. We're all good. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I have music on all the time. I have a tattoo of my favourite artist. Um, I, yeah, I am all about music. And for me, it's very important what I'm listening to, depending on what I'm doing. And I'm not like, I know some people go all out and say, oh, well, I'm having Mexican food tonight, I must listen to some sort of <laughs> music. I'm not quite like that, but. Um, you know, if, if I am thinking about a story or even if like I'm, because I, I write a lot of reviews and um, do commentary articles and so say if I'm writing a review of Baby Driver, I put on the Baby Driver soundtrack when I'm writing the review. Um, I, yeah, I, I love that kind of thing and you will never hear silence in my house because it's always got music on and I have I have Sonos systems all through my house, and so I can just walk between rooms and have the same thing playing or different things, and it's just, I always have music. So anyone who reads Megan's reviews will know that she does not hold back when she writes her reviews, she's very scathing. So if you've got a review of a book that you want to write, and it's, you know, you really hated that book, do you need to put on the right kind of <laughs> F off music? Hate music. Yeah, do you have specifically uh, no, the really sexy no, one? No, 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 no. I have to put on soothing <laughs> so that I don't lose my cool because I could be far, far worse. You have no idea. <laughs> so when I used to be a critic, you know, I was the same. You know, everything was always music anyway, but like, I do remember, of course, this is like circa 2000, so it was like a toy teenage riot. I would write people and I was really angry in this kind of like, um, German hardcore techno band with screaming, uh, which is good fun. (laughs) (laughs) So Kieran, we are obviously all writers here, um, and writers of novels and short stories. What about um, comics? Do you have a planning stage? Is there an architect and guy (coughs) for comics, or...? 
Uh, it's tricky. It's like, um, I think the metaphors hold, as in they're kind of like people, there, there is a long tradition in comics of the serial. I mean, I talked to Mark Wade, and Mark Wade puts cliffhangers in his comics. He has no idea how the cats are going to get out of. You know, he does he, every he, serial episode, and has no idea how the cats are going to get out because it keeps it interesting for him. And that just makes me kind of want to break the table. <laughs> uh, like, I, so, like, I think, I think people think I'm more of a planner than I am. In that I can't often say I can write the final episode before I start the series. Uh, and it's not true, because I can probably write that half of it. But the idea of like, structure is enormously important in what I do, is that I don't, if I don't see a structure there, I don't know what I'm writing for. Mm. It's not really necessarily planning, because you don't know every beat, and that's, you know, because that becomes dead. So the idea that as long as you have essentially an architectural structure, which is probably the architect model, mm. uh, that you can hang stuff off it. You know, it's like, I know, I know these acts, I know this big reveal, now I have to delineate character and plot to get to that point. <coughs> so, yeah. So do you have, do you, if you've been plotting um, or architecting and have a particular playlist on or a particular song, do you then have to have it when you're writing to kind of recapture what you were imagining when you were sat on your floor or on your sofa or in the car? I mean, um, that's at least part of, the, part of the project playlists. The idea that I use them for every part. I do them for proofreading. I use them for like walking around. I was listening to it on the way in now. And it's just an attempt, a way to, as you say, put yourself in the mood of it. Like, you know... And I'm always kind of quietly twitchy over putting songs I really like on another playlist. Mm. Like Wicked is really big, and occasionally it's taken a song from another playlist I've used earlier. But there's stuff in the Young Avengers playlist, and that's <coughs> so 100% tied to that year in my life. Mm. You know, and I find it quite hard to not, not think about Billy or whatever these characters. But it's not a Billy song. It isn't just a Billy song. But it's kind of become a Billy song because of the time. I mean, the other thing is that we sometimes the playlists are structural things in themselves. I mean, Wicked isn't like that. I've started doing a second Wicked playlist because I think some of the songs are too spoilery. Mm. Like, I don't want to put them on the public, like, the public playlist have got like five and a half thousand followers. So I'm worried about people being you know, quite obsessive over it. Um, yeah, so we should, should mention that all of your playlists are like available on Spotify. Stop stealing my questions. They're all on Spotify, Wicked, the Wicked Divine will turn it up. And I think I miss Idle Lovelace on Spotify. Um, but then you've got, sorry, uh, like, I'm starting to carry X-Men. The, the playlist is kind of completely the structure. Like from the opening, the opening song and the final song and the playlist are kind of, this is what happens at the end and the beginning of the moment kind of the X-Men, right? Young Avengers is kind of the same. But with Young Avengers, I kept a second playlist called the After Party playlist. And that was for the final two issues. So the actual playlist ends in issue 13, which is the kind of the way, and it gives the, it gives that hint that this, the story may end more depressing than it does. You know what I mean? So if you look at it literally, but when you actually look in retrospect, you realize this playlist was saying something else. So, one is a model of the other, I guess. It's like, you see it, it's, I see it all in fractals. So do you have fans emailing you going, oh my god, I've just listened to the last song, it's totally going to end like this, and then... <laughs> not yet, not, not yet. It's like, I always, I used to do a thing when people, on, on some ask us, give me a song in the playlist and I'll tell you who it's about. Yeah. And I've stopped doing that. Uh, just because I'm, like, I'm petrified. Uh, it's very weird, because the problem of doing like a five-year piece of structural writing is, you just, you want to tell them, like you just want to tell everyone everything, and there's this point there. It's so cl close to the end of finishing a card trick. Hmm. I just don't want to do anything that blows the card trick. Um, you know. So you were talking earlier, and I know it's something that I'm doing. My husband tells me that it's a form of torture to be able to listen to play the same amount of music over and over again, the same song for hours and hours and hours. But sometimes that's the only way I can write a piece because it, it just so encapsulates in my head what I'm trying to say or the mood. A really good one. Um, I don't know if anybody here has watched Twenty Eight Days Later. Lovely film. Well, not lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic film. And there's one bit where um, 
Jim is going to rescue the two girls and he's he's covered in mud, they've left him for dead, he's very animalistic and he's climbing up the, the stairs to, to go and rescue them and kill all the soldiers and poor Christopher Eccleston as well. Oh sorry, spoilers I should have said. Um, but it's just, and the lighting is fantastic and the camera angle is sort of slightly off and it's just really one, for me, if I'm writing a scene where something comes out or is chasing people or there's a sense of you know, real heightened tension, then I'll just listen to that over and over because it starts very gently and gradually builds. I love my music that builds something that starts one and then builds to fantastic. Um, now, obviously, Kieran, you said that you listen to the same song over and over. Which songs in particular do you listen to? It's normally when some, it's, I don't know about Megan, it's like the really kind of music obsessive people. Occasionally, the song hits the, hits the box, and that's the only thing you can have. Mm. And then you play it until you don't play it anymore. Um, that's the only way to really describe it. And you don't often force it, but occasionally it's necessary. I mean, when I got um, uh, Downtown Boys, a uh, cover of Dancing in the Dark. When that hit me, I was in tears instantly. And this is, if you know Dance Bones, I like um, this uh, queer Brixton kind of like punk band. Uh, and they're great. And they're just really, and they're basically taking this record and kind of make, they're taking this record, which is kind of, and kind of revealed how depressive as a record it is, but how like fundamentally, and it kind of takes like a very, uh, like very powerful intersectional take on the lyrics just by doing it the way they're doing it. And that just broke my heart, and I had to play that in sleep. Oh no, this is Wicked. This is literally what Wicked is. This is what it feels like at this stage in the book. And that was played for like an hour, for, you know, for no reason. And, and the fact this said everything. But occasionally you get something like, I don't know, Dionysius. There was a. Who is. Uh, well, Dionysius is like a kind of rave hive mind character. And he. Um, I had original, I had a few ideas for him. And one of them was when I was. Drunk, uh, I was drunkenly walking down Charing Cross Station listening to the playlist. And randomly, We Are Your Friends came on. Uh, was, and it, and at that exact moment, I, I didn't quite know why it was on the playlist. And then you realise why it's on the playlist, because it's just the idea that somebody trapped in this hive mind, not being able to sleep. Oh, I'm definitely going to be alone again. And it's like, We Are Your Friends, you're never going to be alone again, just repeating again and again and again. And that record always sounded more like a threat than an exciting thing to me. <laughs> and that's basically where Dionysius came. Yeah, that's that bit of Dionysius. And when I was doing kind of Dionysius' scene, I might just put that on repeat mm. to get the kind of the sense of the awful sense of propulsion and excitement and fear to it all. Um, that would be an example. Again, like I did a book with, so I'm talking a lot. I did a book with Phonogram, which was about uh, a lot about the utilitarian use of music and the idea of like, <coughs> you play a white record to yourself, it's like casting a spell. The idea I'm diagnosing myself as a bit of medicine. There's a really good book, uh, Needle in the Groove by Jeff Noon, which kind of takes literally the idea of music being drugs. Um, and that's kind of how I view maybe music being medicine is closer to my metaphor. Um, yeah, that. <laughs> Megan, what about you? You said you have music on all the time. Do you ever just kind of hit repeat on a song to, to uh, listen to it over and over again? Yeah, uh, quite often. Um, and I know as a child it used to drive my mother insane. But I would just get in, like, but I do the same thing with TV. Like, sometimes I just get so into, like, I'm terrible with Buffy that way. Like, if I've just been watching a lot of Buffy, like, I just cannot watch anything else because I just, ca I just can't. I don't feel like anything else. I need to watch the next Buffy. Um, and it's the same with music for me, but um, I would say I'm also a bit weird in that I have to have the right playlist for the book that I'm reading. <laughs> um, do you read and listen to music then? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, really? I, I don't do that. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, no? I, I literally have else music do that? all the time. Oh, I think you guys yes. are in the minority. <laughs> I'm not alone. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I have music on all the time. I'm not kidding. Um, yeah, so... Um, so, like, say when I was reading Scott Coleman's Nonslinger, I uh, I was listening to a bunch of spaghetti western soundtracks, 
Well, that's um, good. Yeah, and better than like, none music, sure. <laughs> Um, when I listen to uh, a sci-fi, I tend to put on uh, sci-fi film soundtracks, or there's like some really great curated playlists on Spotify about like um, you know like kind of space-themed orchestral pieces. Um, if I'm reading fantasy, then I put up on a lot of fantasy sort of sounding soundtracks. Um, if I'm reading something more modern, um, like I listen to the Wicked playlist when I'm reading Wicked because <laughs> I'm not much of a nerd. Um, but also, if it's um, you know, just kind of a bit more grungy, I'll have some grunge music. You know, I, I tend to really like, yeah, this is how, how mad I am about my music. But because I, I go to bed um, an hour before I'm actually going to bed <laughs> and I sit and read. So I literally, before I go up to bed, I'm planning what I'm going to be putting on my music so that I know, like, so I can sit down and, and comfortably read my books because um, I'm really strange. <laughs> you know that's strange. It's apparently to people do that. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I'd also be worried that the you'd have, if you were listening to some music whilst you were reading, that you might get something really uplifting at a really sad bit that you're reading, or you and it would just it. clash. But it. doesn't that take you out of the book? To yeah. No. No. I. Anybody else agree? Yeah. No. <laughs> no <very well. laughs> Maybe you should try it. Maybe you should go and listen to some of Megan's. Are your are your lists available on Spotify? I don't have many. My Vampire Masquerade one is, um, which I need to build up more. Um, and I think I've got one that might be public called The Greek Gods, which is because I'm writing a novel with Greek gods in them. Which also I sometimes listen to when I'm <laughs> reading with them as well, because it fits in. Um, yeah, but I am planning to make a few more, but if you want to follow me on, on Spotify, I'm MEG. But that brings a really interesting question up because I, I feel um, my playlists are very private things. Yeah, me too. I, I don't really want to share them with the world uh, because people are totally going to judge me on them. And also it's really like embarrassing, you know, when you've got something that... Like, even I get it sometimes when I'm reading someone else's book and you think... And then a song comes and you're like, oh, God, the, the lyrics just work or your brain makes them work. But I would be really reluctant to share that because I feel it... When you're, when you're reading a book, it's a very personal experience. And everybody's experience of a book is different. And the way that I experience a certain book is definitely not going to be how someone else experiences it. So then I'd be hesitant to say, well, I associate this song with this book because somebody will be like, what? That's no, you know, not not at all. But it's just the way that I've interpreted that book and that particular set of characters. So and, and especially for my own work, you know, I, I'm just a bit. It's so eclectic. I mean, like my my Starborn playlist has got Lorena McKennett and the next track is Bruce Dickinson. So it feels like there's no link between the two of them, but that's because that the Bruce Dickinson track is for a particular character. Whereas the Lorena McKenna, actually, ironically, it's the same character at different times in his life because he's kind of like 500 years old. So later on, he's very, very angry. And at the beginning, he's very kind of not angry, kind of full of, full of hope. Serene. The love of his life is still alive. Everything is good. She's not later, everything's bad, and he's kind of bitter and a bit mad. So Brewster Kitson's perfect for that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's, it's still quite a private thing to, to share that. So writing that article was a bit revealing for me because I had to give a few things away that, you know, I hadn't really intended to share because my, my writing is, I do it alone in my room, on my bed. So it's kind of like you're very insulated um, and, and my music tends to 
kind of go along with that really so yeah spot of public spotify tracks i think i don't sh- i don't think anyone would listen to them because they don't make any sense to anyone else i, I do have playlists no one else can say so i have I, there's the, uh, the playlist of performances as it's something anyone's going to get anything out of like the way no, no it, it doesn't make any sense all the phonogram ones are private like the phonogram is far too obtuse and they kind of no one else will understand why there's three songs from the Greece soundtrack on it yeah yeah you know, that kind of like no no this is about really deep magic guys back off so like so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got the opposite as in when I finish with it, I want to it's about me dismounting from the creature but I actually want to go through and do it right to snow on every song in the playlist and say, okay, this, this song was this character, and just do kind of like expanded notes on it. But even then, I'm worried about being too honest there. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff I'm, I want to work at skip word, as in personal stuff. I might just say on some songs personal stuff, because I just don't want to talk about the stuff, the reason why that's on the playlist. Yeah. yeah. Am I not allowed to ask them why Greece is on the, the playlist and what that, <laughs> what that evokes in you? Greece has a, like, a weird like, link to my family in terms of like a part of my. The, uh, it's, it's some, some of the stuff I grew up with, as in like I grew up on Bowtown and like my family like went down to working class, you know, very working class, very buildery, and just basically how fundamental back time and space, and essentially um, uh, nostalgia and history and trying to hate uh, many of those concepts, and you know. The first photogram with the kind of here was somebody really hates nostalgia, dealing with the fact that now he's starting to be nostalgic about stuff. You know, ideologically nostalgia is despicable for me. Uh, so that was, you know, it's complicated. It's the best way. <laughs> And we've touched on this a little bit earlier, um, but I just wanted to kind of go into it in depth because it's one of the things that I find affects me. So is it orchestral pieces all the way, or can you listen to songs with words in them? Um, do you find that the words distract you from actually writing the words that you're putting down on paper? I mean, do you sometimes find that you're actually typing the words of the song? Sometimes I can do it, and sometimes I can distract it. Like when I was, um, before I was a writer, I was a lawyer, and I did my, um, uh, my exams, my final year exams, in the days when we didn't have Spotify or iTunes, and I had a little CD player and there were a limited number of CDs, and Austin Powers, um, the soundtrack, just went over and over for like three weeks while I wrote up all my notes. And now I can listen to that for anything because it's just, I just associate it with hard work. But I did try to, to listen to it when I was writing something quite dark, and I just, I couldn't because I kept hearing all the words and the sounds. Um, and some things, it's like, um, so The Hanging Tree, if anybody's seen, uh, was it Catching Fire? Is it Catching Fire? Whichever one, the Hunger Games trilogy. Um, the main protagonist sings a song called the, the Hanging Tree and I'm trying to learn it because I think it's a lovely song and I think if I can ma- manage the chords on the piano that'd be quite a party piece but if it comes on I can't I can't write, continue writing because I'm sitting there singing along or trying to listen to all the little nuances and there are some songs that do that for me and I, again I have to skip them what about you guys are there songs that you just can't listen to because you hum along or yeah, are you I, fine with words or what I cannot listen to Prince if I'm trying to write because if I'm listening to Prince, I'm singing and dancing. It's, it's, yeah, it's not a choice. It's, I have to get up and dance. <laughs> so it's your shopping or your washing up song then, is it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Could um, you read and listen to it though? No, even then, no, I can't. If it's Prince, it's, my entire body is involved. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a t-shirt. Just, I just can't. Um, but pretty much at all other times, usually I'm alright with, with music and lyrics. Um, if it's something that's... Uh, if I find myself start singing along, I have to skip it, because that means I've come out of it. But it does happen rarely these days, just because I'm so... like For me, the normal state of being is to have music. So I just start getting a bit antsy when there's no music. I'm like, I, I just... 
But that's my comfortable state. I have to have to think. And yeah, I'm, most of the time I'm fine with either. Kira, what about you? Do you find that you can sing along or are you just... I would occasionally sing along, but it's more like you know this song is wrong. <laughs> As in, like, I know this is wrong, skip it. Mm. That's the reason why it's the show fault in terms of, no, this is the wrong kind of ambience. And it's, for me, pop music, uh, pop music kind of exists, as you know, lyrics aren't a thing. Mm. You know, lyrics are only interesting in the juxtaposition with the music. So the idea that it's a kind of gestalt thing, a pop song is a the way somebody sings yeah 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 in a record is loaded with more meaning than just mm. the word yeah 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 <laughs> uh, so like I don't often think about lyrics in that kind of way I think about lyrics as a sort of as, like like say we might think of guitar noise even if it's saying something the actual literal meaning of the lyrics is also uh, an aesthetic like I'm sort of trying to wrestle something that's quite hard to, to get all with so the answer is no I never am I do a chair dance a lot like yeah. there's, there's, there's a part that. like there's, there's bits where I just have to stop and then kind of like uh. Uh, do this and then go back. Uh, like there are definitely bits in some records where you essentially have to also hands up at the head and then you should go back down to writing. Watching me write is quite a thing. In that kind of like, you very much like people in the room sort of watching me do this kind of weird series of twitches. Spend your time quite quickly. Um, you put live cam? Yeah, no, 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 no. Watch Kim and go. You should have a little symbol when you do your little um, author's notes to give your playlist. On this soundtrack, I was up and waving. Yeah, this is one of my chair dancing ones. <laughs> what about you, Lucy? <laughs> I can't really answer this question because I don't listen to music while I write. But you listen to it when you're doing characters. So do you find yourself kind of humming along and singing it as you write your characters, or do you like? No, no, no not really. Uh, I, I sometimes, yeah, I don't, a lot of the music I listen to, I, I don't. Um, it's not singing along music. It's it's more ambience kind of music. Also so. orchestral. And... Uh, yeah, but even even the even the songs, uh, I don't. I, they're not really. You know, there are some songs you just don't sing along to. Sometimes you just let them go, and they're just in the background. <laughs> let and, it go. <laughs> yeah, let it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, I have learned very well how to sing that again with a five-year-old around. In fact, I've had to learn the moves as well. It's going to be another party piece once I've got the cos- cosplay sorted. <laughs> Um, so occasionally, my, occasionally my comics actually quote songs. I don't necessarily mean quoting the lyrics, which also happens. But in terms of like, oh yeah, this this scene is explicitly this bit of the song. Like, there's, there's a whole bit of no children when Batman and Bob are going to disappear in hand in a lovable hand into that this. You know, the idea that these things are explicitly narratively speaking the songs, um, which is one of my kind of like weirder quirks. I often wondered if you could write. A story and have a soundtrack to go with it. I imagine you could with the comics as well, particularly because they're so visual, and you could almost create your own soundtrack for it. Have you ever been tempted to do that with your comics? People have done that. I mean, like, people often like reverse engineer it. The problem is, like, reading speed. Well, that, that was you know, one that, that, thing that I was thinking that yeah. you'd have to be able to narrate your story and have it on in the background, assuming that copyright didn't exist, obviously, yeah. or that you had enough money to pay it, I suppose. There's, certainly, there's actually some people do tech stuff, the idea that they, it's kind of crazy, not crazy ambient, but the idea that they can. In the same technology people use to actually remix video game soundtracks contextually, mm. they've got that. Some people are doing that with comics now. So the idea that you could, like, when people reach a certain panel or a page turn, you add elements to the music and you can bring stuff in and it can mix in quite naturally. So it's not impossible, and it's very clearly the sort of thing we like to try. I mean, we would like to try. We've done the opposite, which is like try to convert a song structure into a comic. Yeah. So we did an issue called Wolf Like Me, uh, based around the song Wolf Like Me by Team Your Radio. 
and the entire story structure is exactly that. So it's like build up, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, breakdown, repeat verse. And the elements, the, the, the visual elements, are the sonic elements of the record. So we kind of that's explicitly I was trying to do a formalist attempt to, you know, convey the proportion of this record via the medium of comics. So occasionally you go the other way. Mm. But, um, that's about the only thing I can think of. So, what about characters? Do you have um, songs that you associate with any of your particular characters? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, most most of the stuff on my playlist is is character based song, and I get ridiculously excited when I happen across a song that fits one of my characters, and that's when that's when it goes on repeat, uh, and I could listen to it for yeah for when for a does long it go time. On repeat? If you is it in the car or? Um, Lucy said yeah, that the car. That she had to hide her iPod when she takes her uh, car in. Yeah, it's really <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah, so I have a parrot that I plug my iPod into, um, so I can listen to stuff as I'm driving. And whenever I take my car into the garage, I take, I unplug my iPod and take it away in case. Because the minute you turn the engine on, the, the music comes back on. You can't turn it off. And I'm always think they're going to be like, what the is this <laughs> what is she listening to because it's so eclectic and to be honest I have very very little modern music most of my stuff is pre-80s because it's better then <laughs> um, but yeah yeah char- going back to characters most of my stuff is based on specific characters as I said earlier I've got the same character has Lorena McKennett and Bruce Dickinson just for his different states of being which character is that? Um, his name is Medivore. Um yeah he's, he's very old and angry <laughs> um, yeah Kindra has a song Brigen has a song Nadia has a song you know, sometimes you what they are. <laughs> yeah um, okay so Nadia's song is uh, Roxy Music um, it's called oh my god <laughs> it's like the, oh I can't even remember what it's called now I don't know it's one of the Roxy Music ones but it, you, it's not that one's on Fantasy Faction but that's it's funny because some of them are to do with as in Kindred Songs one of the Lorena McKennett's one called, called All Souls Night um, and it's um, not there's a couple of lyrics in there that, that pertain to kind of her kind of char- character arc really but some of the stuff is very plot based so kind of what happens to her at the end of the book is very dramatic um, and there's a couple of words in that that, that pertain to that but then Nadia's song is very much about his past and his relationship with the character called Kate um, and his current relationships and so he's very because he's quite a sensitive character I find that his the song that I've chosen for him is to do with how he interacts with other characters rather than plot um, so it, it completely depends um, on the song that I stumble across. Sometimes it's thematic and sometimes it's emotional. Um, I, I probably say it on the side of emotional because there are a lot of songs out there that tend to be more about people talking about their feelings. Um, and it's not all relationship, as in like love relationships. Sometimes it's different kinds of relationships, like with you know friendships, um, you know the way that people interact with their parents or the way they're leaving childhood behind. Um, so it's it's quite varied. Um, but yeah, m- most of my stuff is really quite heavily character-based, and as I say, I'm very excited when I find a song that resonates. What about you? you you're looking like you have an answer. Don't scold me. Obviously, it's the sort of thing like, uh, no, there's far too many. As a yes, absolutely, all of them. And like, I could, it, I could just go down the playlist, as I said, and just basically, this song's about this person in this specific moment in their life. Um, yeah, so even choosing an example feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to like scroll down the playlist and pick stuff randomly. I mean, occasionally it's always the stuff which you don't know why is interesting. It's like I'm like, uncanny X Men. I've read a character called Magic, and Magic's um, 
uh, but confided in me by Carly Minogue on the playlist, and I didn't quite know why. <laughs> they set the mood. They kind of the um, they got the just the kind of the, yeah. And it's a great rock. It's basically the goth Kylie period. Yeah. And I thought you can definitely see like magic. This kind of like weird like the demon princess with pop and soul. Yeah, she's that was quite sinister for Kylie, I must yeah, yeah. admit. And then, of course, so only towards the end, I realised, oh no, the actual audience on her plot talk. As in the, the whole point of what spoilers. Uh, <laughs> when magic is basically talks her, you know, tricks her brother into accepting a demon so she <coughs> can understand that she can. Sorry, she tricks her brother into accepting this demon into him so that he can understand it, you know, and to sacrifice it for her. So she takes that demon to save his sister, and that is basically the voice to make him realise uh, that she's gone. And she's not worth sacrificing for. The idea that you know, can you understand me better? And it, it's kind of that weird way, just really very weird head fuckery way of doing it. But the, the lyrics have confided me on just that. You know, that is, um, a, I can't quote it from the top of my head, uh, but my problem should be shared and all that. Yeah. And it's like 100%, no, that's just what magic did. Um, so yeah, occasionally it's creepy. I'd like to say that I can pretty much quote all Kylie songs, but I won't do it, it usually gets me mocked. Oh, by the way, that Roxy Music one is called Running Wild. So you know, and uh, the Bruce Dickinson one is called The Alchemist from Chemical Wedding. Megan, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do a mix. I like to have um, sort of, I, before I kind of start, I start creating playlists to give me like the, the setting and the feel of the place. Um, and then sort of as I go, I'm like, oh, this song would really work here. Or, you know, or sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll mix it up and listen to like, Spotify or someone else's playlist to kind of get in more ideas and then like, ah, oh, this song is this this character. Um, yeah, and I mean, I <laughs> so back in the day, I was an Ally McBeal fan, and I, I used to love that Ally had her own theme song, <laughs> and uh, I always wanted to figure out what my theme song was. I've, I've yet to, to pinpoint it, but it's probably Prince. Makes it. Um, but yeah, I like that idea of being able to kind of channel a character immediately. Um, and uh, so, here's a bit of fun. So my dad, for a long time, changed his phone ringtone so that whenever I rang him, it was the Imperial March. <laughs> and uh, he liked to keep it on loud so his entire office could hear when his daughter was calling him. And he would go, oh, she's probably going to ask for money. Uh, it's just... And, and so for him now, every time he hears the Imperial March, he thinks of me. Oh. <laughs> I've got one for, for my sister, and this has been on my phone for 10 years. It's the Oompa Loompa, so it starts oh. going. <laughs> so every time, I, it, it gets to a point before I pick up the phone. So the first thing I say, honestly, all the time, if it's my sister, I pick up the phone and go, if you are wise, you'll listen to me. And she's like, hi. <laughs> but I have to finish the line first. <laughs> I like this idea that it just kind of smoothly goes from, from the lyrics of the song to you going, hey! <laughs> yeah, she's used to it now, so... Uh, well, I, uh, I had Monty Python as my, my ringtone, my um, text message ringtone. They went, he's not the messiah, he's a very naughty boy! <laughs> and I, I did guides, and we had to take the guides to church parade, and one day I left my phone on, and luckily it didn't go off, but the, the fear of God literally that was in me, I was like, oh, right, that's it, I'm going to have to change it now. Um, so, yeah... Uh, Jeff, we'll take some more questions in a second, but I did have one more question. Uh, is there a line from a song, or a whole song itself, that has really inspired you with your work? Lucy? Yeah, 
Um, okay, so actually this song is for my um, work in progress, for my new, because I finished my trilogy now. So my next uh, project, which um, Charlotte knows about, is awesome. going to be um, a folk tale um, based on the, it's quite a famous story of two sisters, um, possibly sometimes it's three. Uh, one of the, the elder sister, um, pushes the younger sister into a river and says um, I won't rescue you until you give me your true love and the younger sister refuses to so she's swept away and drowned and in some of the stories she turns into a swan and in other stories which is the one I'm kind of going for is um, a harper comes along and finds her dead body and turns it into a harp and then the harp will only sing the story of how she was murdered by her sister so it's a really cool folk tale and I really wanted to um, set it in a kind of uh, dark age Devon when it was still quite tribal uh, before the Saxons swept down um, and uh, this was c- pretty much completely inspired by uh, Lorena McKennett's song called Bonnie Swans which is another title for the for that particular folk story and I have to say that when I'm when I begin writing it in earnest that song is going to be on repeat because <laughs> it really it did inspire an entire book well, that's interesting because um, I've also got one that was a folk song and for me it's Broom Hill which is covered by show of hands but it's been covered by lots of different people um, and it's equally violent and sinister um, a lord says to, to a, a young girl you know I bet I bet you won't come um, to the, the, bar, the barrel with me and then you know escape with your virginity and she's like oh no I, I bet I will um, and um, she gets there and he's asleep and uh, and she leaves um, her ring to prove that she's been there and lays flowers all around him and, and whatever. And it starts off and you kind of think it's like a, a guy going, hey, you know, you won't be able to spend 10 minutes with me alone without me, me having, you know, sex with you. And it turns out when he wakes up, he's furious with his horse and his hawk for not waking him up. And then he basically turns around to the girl and went, well, you know, it's just as well that you didn't find me awake because I would have murdered you and I would have let the bones, let the birds use your bones as their nest and then your blood would have spattered over the rocks. And I'm like, wow, that's actually quite, quite sinister. Yeah. But I really like this idea of having something that was um, seen very simple and courtly love and actually turned out to be really violent and this idea of a very narrow escape. Um, so I kind of built on that. And when I wrote it, I wrote it all and it's, it's all done and finished and I looked at it and I went, it's not dark enough. <laughs> it's, it's still too nice. So I need to go back through and, um, and create some more, more darkness to it. What about you guys? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I've got two... <laughs> examples of short stories that I wrote very specifically from a line in a song, so I think they're called Atlas G, they're like an Australian rock band kind of thing. Not really my usual, but I was listening to it and there was this line in it that said, can I, um, can I sell you a feeling? And I just, and then I took that and went, oh, what if there was just some like weird carnival where a guy was actually selling feeling experiences? And then, you know, so that, it was very specific to that, that line. Um, and then another one, weirdly, I was uh, driving around and Justin Timberlake came on the radio and there was a line in it about um, called it kind of forbidden love. And then I wrote a story about bestiality. So that's how my mind works. <laughs> Take what you want from that. <laughs> but yeah, so I, again, but I mean, because I'm always listening to music and I'm always kind of, that's part of my world and I kind of absorb that and that definitely is one of my main inspirations and you can see that because most of my working titles, even for chapters, will have a line from a song as the working title for everything and yeah, music is my life force. <laughs> uh, yeah, ditto. Um, 
It's tricky. It's like I'm, I'm sort of sitting here trying to think of a good answer, and I haven't really got one because it just well, feels. You, you gave us confide in me. Yeah, so, and well, I'm being mean and asking for another well, one. That's, that's reverse ordered, and uh, that, that, that's I realise afterwards. But very specifically, this song inspired this story, hmm. and it feels like it's so much part of my process. I can't even separate apart. You've got something like the third phonogram. The major riff on in that is uh, they get dragged into an MTV universe, and the lead character is basically dragged into Take On Me video, which of course is the story about a girl who gets dragged into a pop video. That is a brilliant video. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, of course, it's really the most low hanging fruit because no one did a comic book taking take, you know, uh, someone falling into a comic book. So, someone doing a video about someone falling into a pop video, which is also a comic book, and that kind of very low level meta bullshit I like doing. Yeah, um, it's very meta. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, that would be a good example. But I, 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 especially with Polygram, the B-sides, they so many were just, a, uh, I got into a record and wrote, wrote a story about it. Or I wrote, even more, I went to a gig and I had a very specific experience of the gig and then I wrote a short story about that experience of seeing that. It's like, you know, so much like Polygram is just music journalism, but through a, like, a, a semi-narrative filter. So a lot would be answered. <laughs> I will open it to questions. Does anybody have any questions they would like to put forward? Yes. So... You're talking about using playlists for theme, mood, and locations. So, does it essentially force you to have to go and into completely different areas of music you never thought you'd be doing, be it historical or geographical? Oh, well, that's a very good question. Because we're recording it, I'm just going to repeat it. So, the question is if you're going to a new genre or a new area that you've not done before, do you go and find um, some new music to go with it? And I suppose I can reuse my answer from earlier, but you know, when I was trying to write something that was modern day and set in America and was romance, it was like I had to go and I've utilised um, my playlist, but like you say, I had to add a few extra songs on just to kind of, kind of get the feeling. Uh, what about you guys? I suppose, um, Kieran, you do quite a wide variety of yeah, stuff. What it's about you? Like, also, my problem is my test. That always sounds like bragging, but my taste is wide enough. It's not really, you know, I mean, as in there's something that I have at least explored most areas of music which I would use to create a sound, a track, because I'm not really doing, like... Earlier, I was going to say, like, I'm doing a high fancy thing, one of my next things is a fancy book. That doesn't have a playlist. In fact, I'm playing with, I'm, I'm playing with some approaches, because there's some emotional themes I think I can maybe get out, but I'm not going to do, like, my Joanna Newsom playlist, if I could. Uh, you know? As in, like, the question is, well, for me, it's, like, the effective nature of the music as opposed to the authentic nature of the music. Well, like, I'm, doing, I'm doing Dr. Afro, which is a Star Wars book, and the Doctor Afro playlist is like mainly Joan Jett. You know, it's kind of like it, it's like every episode should end with bad, with bad reputation kicking in. Is the place of the vibe, and that's not Star Wars. You know, but conversely, when I'm writing actual Star Wars, uh, like Darth Vader, yeah, the Imperial March happens a lot. But like, if I don't do this, um, you know, occasionally, like occasionally, if you actually write like, a pure historical period piece, yeah. I mean, like I'm doing when I'm doing this World War Two book, I do for Uber. Yeah, I listen to a lot of Arthur. You know, uh, but that also finishes that features a temper. I suppose to say, three, which is a bit about Sparta. You know, and I, I never looked up like the iconic folk music because that wouldn't have really have caught the vibe. Because in my head it was more like Walter Run. This is like a Bruce Springsteen type, like working class, uh, Spartan working class uprising song. You know what I mean? So it's not authenticity isn't the point for me. Megan, um, well, I love to explore music and I love to listen to stuff that I've never listened to before. So sometimes I actually use that as a writing exercise of like going in and finding like a random playlist that was created with stuff that I have never heard of and have no idea what that's about, put it on and force myself to like use that as inspiration. So that's certainly something I do, but you know, 
I, I just love exploring and finding things out. And I think, weirdly for me, um, accents take me out of things. If I'm writing something that's very English, like I can't be listening to my Aussie rappers, you know, I can't open my own mouth. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but you know, so some sometimes I'm a bit weird about that. Um, so that does come into it. But yeah, I I do like to to track things down that's different. But I wouldn't say that my writing necessarily requires me to do that. I just like it as a as a way to kind of stay fresh and you know, like if I, if I was constantly using the same kind of soundtrack to myself, I feel like that not only would I be very boring and saying me, but everything I wrote would be very boring and saying me. So I think it's very good to get out there and sort of mix it up. But again, like here and I have weirdly eclectic taste. Um, and having lived in Australia and America and the UK, I also have just a very bizarre nostalgic back catalogue as well <laughs> is all over the place. Um, so yeah, I yeah, I don't know if that really answers the question. Lucy? Well, I'm very boring and samey. <laughs> Because um, I'm really bad at finding new music. In fact, I totally rely on my colleague in the office to introduce me to new music. In fact, most of my stuff um, that I added in the last five years has been completely down to his influence. Um, so he's, you know, I think I think I actually said that in the acknowledgements to Starborn that he, I said thank you for your his musical education because uh, I feel like I'm I'm not very good at discovering new stuff. Uh, if left to my own devices. But I agree with what Kieran was saying about, um, you know, effectiveness over authenticity, but that's maybe because I write epic fantasy, um, and so obviously none of my settings are particularly authentic. Um, they, they bear resemblance to authentic things, historical periods, but it, it's much harder for me to find um, something that's genuinely authentic that kind of pertains to my, my writing. So, yeah, I tend to go for effect and emotion. That's interesting because we did a panel yesterday for Breaking the Last Slipper about what makes realistic characters and we were talking about, you know, you have sort of maybe a characteristic that you associate with them, like they're really bold or they're really timid or whatever. And I tend to find it's not necessarily um, the setting that I need necessarily. It's it's how, I, how I'm feeling. So I want music that will make me feel bold or make me feel timid so that I can write better for that character. So if I want to be really on edge, I'll get sort of my on edge music. Um, or if I want to be happy and jokey, I'll put a little bit of Kylie on um, and skip, <laughs> skip and confide in me and uh, where the roses grow. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I work. It's that kind of like, what is the mood of this record? I'm trying to evoke that state, mm. the sort of medicine thing. I'm trying to like dose myself up and feel that way. Like a song I would put on to play, you know, an arrogant character who's just going to kick someone in the face is very different from me weeping in a hole. Yeah. Do you have any other questions? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, the lady first. Lady first. Um, I was wondering how much of how little I like run these playlists and things outside of writing. I know you mentioned um, having a playlist for Vampire that was great on and people use playlists to sort of, you know, for specific purposes, for purposes outside of writing. So just again to clarify for anybody who can hear, um, what purposes do you use uh, music outside of uh, writing? Uh, I can start one off because I use mine for washing up and for all the housework because when I'm not writing I'm tidying up after a five year old. 
and the amount of brain time I have when I'm doing that stuff, cooking dinner, and it's, again, it's, I tend to pick the music depending on what I'm planning, so um, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to, my brain tends to sort of kick in while I'm doing random stuff, I don't sit down and go, right, I'm going to create this character, it t- tends to kind of come around quite organically, so I'll pick something that will help me think about this character that I've been puzzling over for the last two days whilst I'm doing the washing up. What about you guys? Well, I mean, yeah, as, as mm. we said before, I, I use them for role-playing games because I'm very cool. Um, I also, <laughs> very specifically, I like playing Ticket to Ride and because it's about um, <laughs> different places, I challenge, uh, my friends and I have challenges where we can only listen to songs that mention specific places <laughs> when we're playing their game. Um, yeah, and, and like, <coughs> Lords of Waterdeep requires a certain kind of soundtrack compared to, Um, what's another one, like King of Tokyo or uh, Cards Against Humanity, like that. So I think for me, uh, gaming, role playing, that kind of stuff definitely requires specific playlisting, absolutely, 100%. And because I am such a music nerd, uh, yeah, I tend to do a lot of that. And other people think I'm weird, and that's okay. I'm okay with it, I've accepted it. Um, so yeah, definitely for that kind of thing. Um, and also, I like to have the right kind of feel for the right kind of uh, social thing. So like, you know, a friend who's just around for a cup of tea and, you know, some cake and a catch-up is very different music from like a big group of people. And I have to to, to soundtrack that because that's just what I'm like. <laughs> yes, that's, that's good. That's like DJing life. That's almost like DJing life. That's what we should yeah. do. That's, that's what music's for. Uh, I'm not joking. That's what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, like everything that everyone has said, really. I mean, like the... Working out, I, I'm working out playlists, my kind of health golf kick, um, which is funny. Um, running RPG stuff, I just like, I ran a Monster Hearts game last weekend, and I didn't actually do the playlist. The, the players just made a playlist and then threw every kind of like early noughties emo thing on it, which is a lot of fun. Uh, it's a hell of a playlist, I actually favourite it, so it's on my side. Um, I ran a game called Ten Candles, which is a really, it's a game of like, tragic death and horror. So I just put like, swans on and stuff like that, and anything which sounded like people were about to die. Um, so yeah, yeah, that kind of that kind of thing. If there's a purpose, you can do a playlist for. Lucy? Yeah, my dirty little secret is that I I have Amazon Prime, which is really bad when you work for Waterstones. I don't actually buy any books, uh, but it's just useful for getting stuff quickly. Um, but because of that, you get access to some good playlists, uh, and I tend to listen to them when I'm baking. Um, or doing another crafty thing Um, and actually that's pretty much one of the only ways I discover new music because when you log on it kind of gives you playlists already so it's things it's called like laid back classics for the lounge and stuff like that so (laughs) I tend to go through you know I pick a curated playlist that's been curated by Amazon and then that's pretty much how I get my new music I found some amazing Elvis stuff through Amazon, which I, I realised that I'd sorely neglected my Elvis education. Um, so that was great. Yeah, so it, it tends to be, uh, it's nowhere near as exciting as Megan's, you know, like gaming playlists. But yeah, I, I, I don't really like baking and cooking without music on because it's a bit boring. <laughs> I can see people hovering outside the door and it's past 11, so I think it's time we wrapped up. I think it's fair to say that if you've got any questions you'd like to come and ask us, do feel free. Um, you know, if it happens to involve buying us a cup of coffee as well, that'd be great. But, but Kieran a cup of coffee, <laughs> he really needs it. So I'd like to say thank you to um, my fellow panellists, Kieran and Megan, who are the DJs of life, and to Lucy Hudson, who, like me, is a devotee of folk music. And thank you all for turning up this morning. Thank you.